Welcome to the Access Rosedale podcast, a monthly conversation that gives insight to the vision, culture, and processes of Rosedale Baptist Church. My name is Steve, and I'm your host, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Steve Smith and Robbie Ellis. Guys, it is wonderful to have you here, and today we are going to finish up a conversation we started last month about creating a culture of giving. And last month, we talked about there are a few ways that you can begin to create a culture of giving. Number one, through teaching what the Bible says and sharing the fact that God will bless those that give. That's what we do here at Rosedale, and we found it to be obviously very effective because it's what the Bible says, and we teach what the Bible says. So teaching, not necessarily deferring that responsibility to a class or to another person, but you as the church leader, teaching and preaching on what the Bible says about giving. We said, secondly, in order to create a culture of giving, you have to recognize generational differences. You have to understand that in your congregation, there are different uh, people, different generations, and different ways that they give. The older generation may still give by pen and paper and a check, while the younger generation, the the person sitting right next to them, may give through app or through text giving or through online giving. We've got to recognize that. We've got to understand that. And we've got to be willing to embrace that. It was a great conversation last month, guys, and I'm excited to be uh, able to share with our listeners this month some practical ways, practical ways that you can create a culture of giving. And uh, Steve, you are obviously, um, we said last month, an expert in this. You have a lot of experience in dealing with um, church giving, church finances, and this is kind of what you do. Um, Why do you feel like the practical part of this is so important? I think that we started scratching the surface of some of the practical aspects of it last month, and we're going to get more into some of the practical application of how we create a culture of giving. But in talking with many church leaders, they want to create a culture of giving. They're just not sure how to do it. And what we'd like to do is walk through uh, maybe a template, uh, at least some ideas of how you can create that culture of giving. And and, uh, the methods of giving that we talked about last time is definitely one of the ways that we we reach people where they are. Robbie, you had some thoughts on that after, kind of after the session was done last month. Yeah, I just think the method talk um, is important because, you know, as church leaders, we just just feel like we need to be sensitive to the needs of our people. And that's one need. I mean, how how they want to give. And so not everyone's going to give like I give. So let's just be sensitive to, to how they want to give. Help them uh, follow what God wants them to do. Absolutely. We talked uh, last month about methods of giving, like online giving. And Steve, you, you talked about how that's been pretty effective for us. It has. So we've gone from about 2% of our giving being online to a launch campaign of uh, having online giving more readily available, a better platform for it to where monthly we get 40 to 50% of our giving through online. In fact, uh, I just got the weekly report a couple of days ago uh, for this past week, and it was at least 60% wow. uh, just this past week. And if 60% of our church is giving and you as a church leader are thinking, man, I got to get people to give, well, man, you better find real quick a way to get people to be able to give online because that to me is like, it's just the standard of acceptance right now, I think. Do you agree with that, Steve? Yeah, I I do. If you're listening to this and you're, before you discount what Steve just said uh, about it being just really a staple, a standard in our society, 
before you discount saying, well, we offer it, uh, think through what you offer uh, with good. online giving. Uh, we we also, four years ago, offered online giving. And uh, it doesn't work in our church could have been our answer uh, because uh, only about 2% of the giving was coming in that way. But honestly, it wasn't a good platform. We weren't driving people to it. We weren't talking about it. It was just something that was somewhere on our website. If you looked hard enough, we offer online giving. But the reality is that people want to be able to give online. We said last time that that a younger generation, many of them don't even carry a checkbook. They don't have access to checks. And so we we either expect them to give cash, which they typically don't carry, or, or we give them some alternatives to, to give the way that they're used to giving in any other context. But the interesting thing is the older generation, many of them are giving online as well. That was kind of one of the things that I don't know that we went into it thinking that, that we were going to affect the older generation, but it is true that many of the older generation not only are giving online, they're thanking us for offering online giving. Yeah. And it's been very effective, obviously. And I think it's a great point you bring up that it's not just having it, but it's how you're presenting it. If it's not easy to find on your website, if it's bulky and clunky when you get on there and it's not really clear, people aren't going to give even if they want to give. And we've, we've actually, you know, found a really effective platform. I don't know if you want to maybe take a moment and just share what we use here at Rosedale. Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of research and, and, um, looked at a lot of different ones. And I would say there are several that are really good uh, that, that would probably accomplish your goals. And uh, for us, we've gone with push pay and uh, that, that would be kind of the standard in the industry. The thing I like about push pay and this is, uh, they're not giving us any kickbacks here. So maybe we should quit talking about yeah, them. But should, uh, the thing I like about push pay is I do believe that they're, they are a company that is trying to stay on the cutting edge of technology. They're, they're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Uh, and that, that's anywhere from security protocols uh, to what they offer in the platform. And, and so they're constantly evolving, which helps me to know that as we grow as a ministry, they're going to be able to grow with us. And that, that's one of the reasons that we decided to go with PushPay. If you want to create a culture of giving, you have to model sacrificial giving. What do, what do we mean when we say that, Steve? Modeling sacrificial giving, it, it starts with us. As leaders within the church, it all starts with us. We have to be able to practice generosity ourselves. If you as a a leader in a church are not giving consistently, are not practicing generosity, if you're not a giver, then you're not going to be able to have a culture that promotes giving. It starts at the top. It starts with our leadership from a real practical standpoint. Within our processes, our financial processes, if we don't have transparency within those, if we don't have integrity within the stewardship of what people are giving, then people are going to be less likely to give. And one of the things that's near and dear to my heart is that that we are exercising biblical stewardship within the church. We're not teaching stewardship to our members and then not exercising it within the church. We are exercising it within the church. We have financial discipline within our practices within the church. And many churches have business leaders, have a lot of folks that understand business principles. And if they don't think that you know what you're doing 
when it comes to handling finances, they're going to find another place to give. Yeah. Uh, they're going to find other ways to to expend that that discretionary income for some of them, uh, because if if I can't handle it properly for the Lord, then why why would someone entrust that into my care ultimately? It's an ongoing conversation. I think it's a conversation between leadership or between the platform. Um, and the pews or the chairs that we're constantly talking about, you know, um, where this is going, uh, the result of your giving, um, illustrations, stories, pictures, videos, uh, an ongoing conversation between um, the platform again and, and the pew. In, in modeling sacrificial giving, it's such a, an important thing. You cannot create a culture that you're not involved in yourself. So if you're as a church leader, if you're if you're not involved in giving or at least having leadership give, uh, I'm not we're not and we're not saying you have to do it the way our pastor does it or has done it in the past, but there has to be some accountability, there has to be some integrity, and there has to be some transparency, and well, then also I think it's important um, to promote incremental increases um, to not just say okay I gave one time, but make it something that's more consistent. Yeah. Promoting incremental increases, it's one of those generational divides for me as somebody that grew up as a pastor's kid and, and grew up in the church and it's, it's such a a discipline to give 10% and I, I'm going to do that consistently every single time that I get paid because that's what the Bible says. We, we, um, we've had a lot of discussions internally about a new Christian coming in going from zero to 10 may be in their minds insurmountable. Now we know, we understand church leaders that, that by faith, uh, all things are possible. We understand that God is going to supply their needs, but we're trying to help them to get to the point of understanding that God is going to supply their needs. We're trying to help new Christians have that faith that God is going to consistently walk with them and going from zero to 10 is is almost insurmountable and what what we have found is when we're talking about giving creating a culture of giving sometimes we need to get people from zero to two percent yes zero to five percent and then encourage them to continue raising that up uh, until they're they're following a biblical model of of giving of tithing uh, but many will never give if the only time that they can give is from zero to 10. Yeah. How many people in churches have never given one time to a church? I mean, never. They've never put any money and they attend every week. Why is that? Maybe it's because the we're setting the bar a little bit too high for them to be able to be included. And they feel like, okay, if I can't do this, then I probably won't do anything. I love what you just said. I think it is so important. Now, we would promote that, but we obviously there's a path, right? We're there's a path we're trying to get them on, and and if and if we can get them on the path at two percent or at one percent or just giving a dollar in the offering plate, that's not for our benefit. That's for their benefit. For them to be able to say, you know what, I gave to a church, I am a part of something, and I'm going to continue to do this. That's a huge spiritual step in their life. Because, you know, as Robbie mentioned last episode, um, you know, giving is a spiritual thing. It is a, it is a, a thing that is uh, a way that we can worship God. 
And if we're saying, okay, you can only worship God at this level, and that's the only way you can do that, man, I think we're hurting ourselves a little bit. So I think that's really important to say, you know what? Let's meet you where you are, and let's help you take those incremental steps towards being obedient and following God. So uh, model uh, sacrificial giving, very, very important. Uh, I would also say if you want to create a, a culture of giving, and one of the things that we try to do here at Rosedale is we have to create a clear and compelling vision, a clear and compelling vision. You have to do that. This is this is definitely important if you're trying to raise money outside of normal tithes and offerings, you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, I think you have to have a clear and compelling vision, but I think it's also important each week as well, just not as prominent. And when we talk about creating a clear and compelling vision, it cannot be just, hey, you know, the, the offerings were low and we need you to give, or we can't keep the lights on. That's not clear. That's not compelling, right? Um, but saying, okay, man, your giving is is making a difference. Your giving is is changing people's lives. And if you will get involved in this, then we can see God do this. Uh, we can see us, our church, move in this direction, clear and compelling. Why do you think, Steve? Church leaders maybe have a hard time creating a clear and compelling vision when it comes to giving to the Lord. Well, we think about the expenses. We we see those expenses coming in week after week. We we know the lights have to stay on, uh, but the way we present that conversation about giving should never be about expenses. Yes, it should always be about vision. It's where is God taking us, not not what are the inner workings of how we're getting there. It's where are we going with the Lord and creating that clear and compelling vision. I, I would say that many church leaders don't know where they're going. And if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know what, what the purpose of your church is in a, in a deeper way than just we're here to lead souls to the Lord, and, and well, how are we going to do that? What's the vision of the methods that we're going to use to, to do that? And it may be sitting down and really thinking through, brainstorming together, uh, what what has God called us to do? What is the vision of our church? What what are the ways that we're going to accomplish that vision? And then we we begin to uh, to present that to the people. And man, when, when there's a cause, like you said last yeah. time, Steve, when there's a cause, people want to be a part of that. And when when our church is moving forward for the Lord, I don't want to miss it. Absolutely. I want to be a part of that. And and whether it be I'm going out to to help invite people to church or I'm giving to giving so that we can sustain the cause, man, I want to be a part of that. I think uh, there's a phrase I often reference is this: anticipation produces participation. Anticipation produces participation. So that as a church member, if if we are anticipating God doing great things, like you said, I don't want to miss that. I want to be a part of that. And if that means being a part of that is giving towards that, people will give towards that. And it's not its not a sales pitch, right? As a, You're a pastor. You're not a salesman. You're not trying to sell people on, on God's work. But, you, but God's work should be something that's inspiring. God's work should be something that's exciting. God's work should be something that people say, man, how can I not be a part of that? How can I not um, give to that? And like you said, you got to know where you're going. You have to be able to sit down and be intentional about what you're trying to accomplish. I think so many times we're reactionary as church leaders. The offering was low. Okay, so now I've got to, you know, get up there and kind of yell at everybody and, and, you know, and tell them why they need to give. 
right? That's not compelling. That that's you're being, you know, the people understand. Well, okay, the offering must have been low. That's why pastors are so hot about the offering. Right? Um, but if you get up there and say, folks, man, I've been I've been walking with God and I've been really thinking about what God wants to do. And another thing is this. I would say as a practical thing, creating culture of giving, you may not want to share or reveal that vision to the entire church in one time. Sometimes you want to create a, a clear and compelling vision to a, a key leader in your church over coffee. Sit him down, talk with him. Hey, this is where we're going. This is what we believe God is doing. How do you feel about this? Let him speak into that. Um, create that buy-in, you know, maybe with individuals in the church that that have some influence, that have um, that are invested already, and if they, I mean, if you can get them behind it, then everyone else will follow. So I, I think that's a really good thought to create a clear and compelling vision. Where are you going? What are you doing? So I think that you look for ways to to share that vision, not just a one time a year we have a service. Uh, like a Vision Sunday. I'm not sure that we title it that, but it is a Vision Sunday where we share, um, you know, the vision for this year and the upcoming vision uh, for years to come, but not just then. I think it's important to share it anytime that you have the opportunity, uh, whether that be if you have a a time before the offering where you're addressing your congregation, you know, letting them know what's coming up. Sure, you can talk about the wins in the past, but man, what's coming up? get that that buy-in from them uh, but not just then uh, we have a Wednesday night prayer time we we mention you know what God's doing what God's going to do in the future um, our insight publication that we have we have articles in there just any way that we can to share uh, what God's doing what he's going to do um, that's what we're talking about absolutely so we're talking about creating culture of giving model sacrificial giving and then create a clear and compelling vision for what we're giving towards. Now, here's some real practical tips that we want to give you, some real practical things that will help you create a culture of giving by providing different practical ways that people can get involved and kind of see where all the money's going to and see how the, the money's being spent in your church. These are very important. A couple things. Um, First would be quarterly giving statements. And Steve, you you know, you do that. Why don't you share with some church leaders what that means? We haven't always done quarterly giving statements. Of course, we're required by IRS regulations to give out annual giving statements. Uh, But somebody challenged me several years ago to begin giving them out quarterly. And we, we have begun doing that. And really, we've started to see fruit from that. Uh, because people are reminded of where they're at in their giving. They, they are able to see, man, are there, there are times where I've been absent in my giving because I, I'm being reminded on a quarterly basis. It's, it's being kept in front of me. Now, we don't just merely send out a statement that just has that information on it. We want to provide a compelling letter. It's part of the vision. It's part of expressing what God has been doing, what God is about to do, what we be- where we believe God is taking us. And so a compelling letter with that quarterly giving statement is part of what we're trying to present as well. And uh, it, it really has kept the conversation going. I think, Robbie, you mentioned that is it's an ongoing conversation. The quarterly giving statement is part of the ongoing conversation. I think a lot of these practical tips are exactly that. They're part of the ongoing conversation that we're having with our people. Yeah, we would say uh, consistent communication is key. 
right? And when it comes to giving, people if people are giving to the work of God, you've got to consistently communicate with them, whether it be through a quarterly giving statement or responding when they give with a thank you note. I mean, something practical is that simple where we're writing thank you notes to people saying, thank you for giving. I mean, how simple is that, right? But it, sometimes it's like goes above our head because you think, oh yeah, that's right. That would be a good idea. That's something that we've instituted here. And, and people, I'm sure, appreciate that. Oh, they do know that I give. Oh, they are appreciative of the fact that I did sacrifice. So thank you notes come out in a couple of different ways. Whether you're a congregation of 30 or 3,000, you have to have a way where you recognize when people give for the very first time. Yes. That, that's, that shouldn't be something that, that slips by your radar. Giving for the first time to a church is a big deal, and we want to make a big deal about it. And so we, anybody that gives for the very first time to Rosedale will receive a handwritten thank you note. And it's signed by me. It's not written by me, but it's a handwritten thank you note that we provide for anybody that's giving for the very first time because we, we want to reward what, what we're wanting them to do. And, and by, by giving them a thank you note, that helps them to realize, oh, it's, it, it is part, I am part of something. It, it is being noticed. It, it is having an effect. And so giving that handwritten thank you note is vitally important. But there are other times where sending a thank you note for, to givers is important as well. Uh, sometimes it's if somebody gives kind of outside of their norm, uh, if they give outside of their, their normal amount, uh, we, we have a way that we recognize that in our system. And we will send them a formal thank you note for giving over and above. And there, there are many times throughout our culture that we are, we are sending thank you notes but if you're sending thank you notes only for one time, make sure it's first time givers yeah. because that is vitally important. Yeah, we, we do that for first time guests, right? You come to our church for the first time and make a big deal about it, give you a gift and, and well, thank you for coming. We want to continue to have you coming. If someone gives for the first time, wouldn't we want them to continue to give? And so, man, we make a big deal about that, sending notes. I think it's very important. What are some other practical ways uh, that we can, you know, uh, help people, you know, be involved in giving? We talked a lot last time and a little bit this time about online giving and just having a separate giving URL. That, it's linked to your website, but a giving URL that, that you can post on your slides, on your printed material, uh, anywhere that you want people to see, hey, I can give back to the Lord. Even when we do Facebook Live, we have a link there, but it's a separate giving URL. It's not, they don't have to go looking for it on, on a cluttered website. It's very simple to find because there, there's a giving URL. We talked about our Vision Sunday, uh, and really, we, we Vision Sunday kind of gets encapsulated with Stewardship Sunday. It's a day that we set aside strategically to speak on giving, um, and we do it other times throughout the year as God brings it up through Scripture, but we strategically place that time once a year, and for us, it's towards the end of January. It's kind of getting past the spending season uh, for for people with Christmas gifts, etc. But it's also a time where people are setting goals for the new year and, and thinking through how I'm going to uh, do different things over the next year. And we want we want to help them to make good decisions and, and we will have that time towards the end of January. Robbie, we do something, giving talks. Um, and those are obviously a vital part of our service on Sunday morning. 
and maybe someone doesn't know what's a giving talk. Can you take a few seconds to explain what we do, why we do it? I think this is a real practical thing that people can really uh, be helped by when it comes to giving. Yeah, traditionally, um, even growing up in in the church that I grew up in, I mean, there was a, a giving challenge before the offering. Uh, and a lot of times it was just that. It was just a verse, just a challenge. Uh, I think this would take it to the next level where sometimes it is an ask. Sometimes it is a vision of what's coming up in the future here at Rosedale. We have this ministry going on. Um, but it doesn't always have to be that. It can be, um, you know, the resolution of a project. And so we, we you know, we ask you, um, you know, several times to give to this. This is what happened because of your giving. And so sometimes it is that, that, uh, that, that resolution that um, you gave, this is what happened because of that. I think sometimes we ask um, someone to give, maybe not directly, sometimes even indirectly, we ask to give, but we never follow up on that. And so in their mind, uh, it, you know, it, it's not settled for them. It's not complete. Yeah. But if we follow up with that, and hey, this is what God did because of your generosity. Oh, then now we're just we're continuing that conversation. We we spend a lot of time developing the music side of our service. Pastors spend a lot of time developing their sermon, but oftentimes the giving portion of our service is an afterthought. Mm. It should never be an afterthought. It's something that we're strategically thinking through, we're even asking God for wisdom. God, what what should we be talking about during this time? Yeah. How, how are some ways that we can affect our people? Because it's not about, uh, about what we can gain from them. It's about what they can gain in their spiritual walk with the Lord. And I do think that that by presenting different things throughout throughout a given month, it's not we're, we're hitting the same thing every single week and it just sounds like, okay, maybe a different verse on, on the screen, but, but it's just another talk about why the Bible says we should give. There are times for that. That should be maybe part of your methodology, but a story of a changed life. All of the different things that you guys said, showing them the connection between giving and the result of that giving is vitally important. We're, we're showing, man, how many children are in our children's ministry one weekend. We've got some pictures on the screen. We've got videos of a recent recap of, of an event that took place. And it's all tied to, it's because you gave. Yeah. And thank you for your giving. Absolutely. It's very practical. It's very spiritual. And it's very helpful to get people to stay engaged in giving. Another practical step that we try to follow here at Rosedale when it comes to giving and creating a culture of giving is a 90-day tithe challenge. 90-day tithe challenge. And we recently did one of those, Steve, not too long ago. And why don't you share a little bit of why we did that and, and what some of the results were? Yeah, it's another one of those things. I was challenged by some other church leaders to, to do a 90-day giving challenge. And Really, the reason for doing a 90-day giving challenge is because we do believe that as you follow the Lord, as you become more of a giver, you're growing closer to Christ. You're experiencing the Christian life fuller than what you were before. And as you become more Christ-like, we want to encourage you to take that step of faith. So we, we very strategically put together a card that had a path to giving. Yeah. And the, the path to giving, it, 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 we, we talked a little bit about that. It, 
with incremental increases. And, and that path to giving gave them a clear next step. And, and so for somebody that is consistently giving or even tithing, there's still a, a next step. There's a next step that you can take, even if it's just for those 90 days. And we weren't challenging them, hey, make this next step forever and ever. We're asking them, make this next step and challenge God, prove God for the next 90 days. And the stories that we heard coming in yeah. were, were amazing to hear how God was working in their lives, how, how God was opening up opportunities for them that they couldn't explain. And they started to think through, wow, it's because I'm honoring God with the first fruits of my substance. It's because I'm, I've taken a step of faith and God is blessing as a result of that. And we were able to increase their faith because of taking that next step. And, and by having it as a 90-day giving challenge, it is, it, it's not as intimidating. Because when we talk about giving, oftentimes they're thinking, well, this is a forever step. Uh, and by, by challenging them with a 90-day giving challenge, it really helps them to see God is faithful. Yeah, I would say a 90-day giving challenge is a great way to jumpstart your giving. So if, if you find giving to be dormant in your church, you might want to consider this. You can email podcast at rosedalebaptist.org, and we can give you a lot of the details on our 90-day giving challenge and point you to some resources as well where we got some things uh, that helped us. And really, it's a great jump start. It allows people who maybe have never given or kind of just kind of giving every now and then uh, really to say, okay, where am I? identify themselves and what's the next step for me as you mentioned i think it's really helped people go from giving occasionally to tithing those that are maybe tithing to give beyond tithing and and do even more and it's like i said it's a spiritual step but it really tr can infuse and jumpstart your your giving we're intentional about how we give and we want to continue to be intentional so i want to say thank you to you i don't know where you're at right now i don't know if you are man your giving is just going it, really well or you're really struggling, I think we can all learn based upon some practical, intentional tips, how we can create a deep culture of giving. I think that's what God wants our churches to be like. God wants our churches to have a deep culture of giving and here are some practical ways. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Access Rosedale podcast. This was part two of a two-part conversation about creating a culture of giving. We hope that something you heard in this episode was a blessing to you. If you have any questions, want to know anything about either the first part or the second part of this talk, please send an email to podcast at rosedalebaptist.org. We would love to partner with you and share with you anything that would help you uh, and your church move in the right direction. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're looking forward to having another episode next month as we continue to give you insights into the vision, culture, and practices of Rosedale Baptist Church. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you join us next month.